Hey guys, thank you so much for joining another episode of the 20-something mom. I have three of my friends joining me today. We have Tina back in the studio, we have Emily back, and we have a new one, Lauren. Hi everyone. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to talk about evolving relationships in that that meaning kind of, you know, parent relationships, friendships, um, really everything in between. So you know, let's let's kind of jump right on in, right? Um, I want to talk to Tina about something specific because we were kind of talking about this earlier, and I know that, like, a lot of people can resonate with this. So you grew up in a house where you're – like, when I first met you we'll – we'll start here. When I first met you, you did not speak to your dad. But now – you he'll want to take you out to dinner literally at all the time so kind of like <laughs> tell me can you walk me through that yeah so I grew up um and I think I talked about this a little bit last time really really wealthy town my dad was kind of MIA we my mom worked three jobs we really just took care of ourselves right my dad was in and out he did whatever he was doing um as we were growing up we again, didn't really see him and life really kept going on. Right. So when I first met Mackenzie, he was just out of the picture. He was in and out of wherever he was. There was like not a lot of clarification on what that was. So for me as a kid and as a girl and growing up and like not having a father figure, there was a lot that was just very unknown and I think for me I kind of took myself out of it for a little while I'd never had the best relationship with him growing up but now as we've gotten older and and we all know life is really short like I've kind of accepted the relationship for what it is right like he's a great dad now he's come back in he's figured his life out and that's awesome and now we have this relationship where we can really just be who we are together. And I know exactly what to expect. I know not to what or what not to expect. And I think it's taught me a lot about friendships and boyfriends and whatever, because you take people for what they are and what they can give you is the best they can give you. And if that's all, that's okay. And that's kind of the point in my life and the, the evolution of our friendship or our relationship as father and daughter that we've gotten to. Yeah. And you bring up a good point. I want to know, like, when did that change for you? Like what, how in your, when in your life did it switch to that thinking? Yeah. I think going into college, you graduate, you're in a brand new place, brand new friends. You really have the opportunity to like become who you want to be and rewrite your whole story. Right. And so I went to college and this was at one of those times he was like kind of out of it. And so I was like, you know what, instead of sitting here and being like, disappointed or upset or whatever it was in that moment I kind of just made a decision to be like I'm again just going to accept this for face value he is who he is and we have a a good relationship when he's here and when he's not I'm not going to expect him to be because it's easier to just deal with what is than to be disappointed in the things I know that are going to kind of happen like you accept the things for what they are, then expect more and know you're going to get less. Yeah, no, that makes that. And I think, yeah, and I think going into college is really where that took a turn. It was like, I don't want to have to like 
deal with this anymore. Like I am starting my life and my career and I want to be the best I can be and make a really great life for myself. And I want him in it when he's here and I'm not going to be disappointed when he's not. Yeah. And I think I can like, I can even, I can relate to that too. Growing up, my dad had a really bad temper. That kind of left me with like these feelings of like, I don't really respect you much because you don't know how to keep your crap together that was just something so hard to come to terms with and I'm starting like as now I become an adult I don't even know if I feel like I could call myself an adult it's like (laughs) the weirdest thing I I know why but um you know and I'm a mom so it's like so odd that I feel that way but um you know it's it's so weird because I like my dad is like the best like there's so many great things that I could say about my dad love him like would be there in a drop of a hat but I still don't have the same relationship that I have with my mom with him because I just there's this respect thing that I just don't fully have with him. Yeah, I feel like I relate to that in a way because my parents went through a divorce later on in my life. So I was I think I was 21 or 22. I had just graduated college and I remember being so upset with my dad because he had been the one who was dishonest in the relationship. And how old were you? 21 or 22. Oh, okay. I had just graduated college. Um, So and I moved away and and I had just moved from Connecticut to North Carolina and I was like ready to take on and spread my wings and have this like great family to come back to and all these friends to come back to and I had just grown up my whole life with this like p- really picture perfect wholesome family like parents who loved each other always like inside the house seemed like they loved each other everyone's seen them as they loved each other and like then I we had gone to Portugal as a family like a month and a half after I had left to live in North Carolina. And then about a month after that, I had found out through my sister that my parents were going through like a really tough time in their relationship and that my dad had been dishonest. And I was like so heartbroken by what my dad had done, you know, to my mom and to our family. And so time had gone by and, you know, that's a whole conversation for another time. But time had gone by and I, similar to you, Tina, like decided to accept like my dad for what he was and he was a good dad to me for 21 years and he had been dishonest to my mom and maybe wasn't at that point the best husband he could have been but he had always been a good dad to me worked like the longest hours all night still always made it to our games was always there for us Christmas morning like all the big important events and all the little things too and so as like a mature adult I decided like I'm just gonna accept this for what it is I'm not gonna be you know I'm gonna forgive him I'm not gonna be resentful about this and of course there'll always be something that's a a piece of me that's heartbroken for it but I'm Mm -hmm. going to accept this relationship for what it is and I'm going to have a good relationship with him I'm not gonna exile my dad I'm not gonna like lose contact with him. I'm going to stay in touch with him and I'm, I'm going to continue to foster that good relationship. Right. I, I admire you so much for the way you've always handled that. Well, obviously it, it took time to get to this point, obviously, but I think, you know, he's always been a good dad to you and that's the f- number one thing. You know what I mean? That's what your relationship depends on. There's obviously every, like in any end of the spectrum, like humans make mistakes. Like we are yeah. all humans. Like sometimes you think like I need to put this person on pedestal because of this they're this to me. They're my parents. It's they're hard my sister, to view your parents as people, as humans mm-hmm. who right. make mistakes the way we all made mistakes or whose lives change. Like it's hard to be married to someone for 30 years. It's mm-hmm. hard to like have evolving relationships at that point in our lives, things we don't even know about yet, but things change and it's hard to be hard to view your parents as humans. And one thing I've learned almost more recently is my CEO of my company said to us in a company meeting, 
always assume good intent. And that really stuck with me. Yeah. Because if you look at the world or look at our parents, like, they're, uh, to Lauren's point, like, they're just people. They're just humans. Like, if you just look at people and everything they do, everything they say, you assume it comes with a good intention it's going to make you accept their behavior just on a different level. Like, because if you think about it and you, somebody, Lauren comes over one day and she's like, oh my God, I hate your couch. Like if I'm just like, oh, well maybe she's telling me because it doesn't match my walls or whatever it is. Like instead of looking at it being like, oh wow, she's so rude. Like maybe I hate my own couch and I'm taking it out on your couch. You know what I mean? Like if you assume good intent with people, I think relationships and as they evolve, as we grow up and people have different priorities and every day those are going to change. And our parents, and I think this is something to accept, are entitled to that as well. Absolutely. And you're right. Everyone that you come in contact, if you kind of just change the narrative to their, they have good intentions. If you just can start with that, it can change a lot of things. But I, I have a question for all of you before we move on to like from yeah. the parenting thing. Did your parents fight in front of you? Yes. So mine definitely did. And even as a young kid, Because I obviously, to your point, Mackenzie, was always way closer with my mom. It's like, it's my mom, right? So whenever she would say what was going on, I really genuinely would make an effort to hear my dad out. As a 10-year-old, I would do that. Because there are two sides, three sides to every story. His side, her side, and the truth, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to, and I think I've carried this into my friendships and into my life now, like, I'm not just going to take what one person says and run with it and then blame the other party. Like, there really are two sides, and you don't know where that other person is coming from. And that's and, a skill to learn. And to I really did that. try that, and I think I had a, I had to grow up a little bit quicker just because, like, the way that I was brought up, which has helped me now in life. But my parents definitely did fight in front of me. It makes me not want to fight in front of anybody, right? Like, every time I get in an argument with a friend or a boyfriend, I always want to, like, do it behind closed doors because it's not for everybody to have an opinion. I had so many opinions as a kid, and I shouldn't have. It's my mom, my dad's relationship. I don't know what went into that the five, ten years I wasn't born yet. You know what I mean? Like, you don't – you just don't know. I saw my parents fight as a kid, too, and I don't know – even kind of like looking back to analyze it, I don't know if it was like a healthy way that they fought. I knew how I fought with my mom and I knew how my mom fought with my dad. And my mom used to, I love my mom so much, but she fights in a way or she used to fight in a way where she'd go around in circles. And like we would, we'd get to the end of the argument and then we'd start it all over again and we'd go through it. And so I try to be really cognizant of that in my own fights and my own relationships. Like when it's done, it's done. We've talked through it and we've, we've either like fought the battle and we've, we've, gotten over it and we found a solution or we haven't and we have to keep talking but it's it's not to have the same conversation over and over again and I agree with you I don't think it's necessary for especially a young kid to have an opinion on a fight you know what I mean like it's it's good to kind of shield them from that but in the same way I do think it's good that like I never viewed my parents relationships as people who didn't have conflict like I didn't as as much as I just said earlier we came off as this like picture perfect family I heard my parents fight in the same way I heard my aunt and uncles fight Mm -hmm. family friends like I've heard family friends fight before you know like they it wasn't any different than how other people fought so it was I'd assume now as an adult it's like probably was probably a healthy way to fight I was just gonna say that I feel like now that we've grown up right there's a difference between 
fighting and conflict. Yeah. And I think there's a way to have a healthy debate as a as a couple when it doesn't lead to like a blowout argument. Yeah. For me, like that was not a thing in my house. Right. Conflict was a blowout every single time that there was. So like it's difficult like even in like my marriage now like Dan is such a cool calm and collected person we all know that that's yep. just who he is in and out I'm not I'm I'm more of a like um you wear your eat, heart yeah like you wear your heart on your sleeve I feel like yeah You're and very- like fast acting like and I'm like let's figure things out right now like it needs to be figured right. out right now and he's like Let's sleep on it. And I'm like, no, 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 nope. Got, like, we'll, we'll talk I, till 5 a.m. I'm like, literally the same way. And I went to a therapist a couple years ago and she said to me, she was like, your whole life, and, and this could be similar to your childhood, Mackenzie, like everything felt like if one thing happened, the whole world erupted. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just like, oh God, I dropped a glass and it broke on the kitchen floor. It was like a whole eruption. So now as an adult, because I get the same way and my boyfriend is very similar where he's like, can you just like take a step back? Because one little thing will happen and I'll be like, oh my God, you're going to divorce me. We're oh, never, yeah. like, I'm never going to find love. This is it. This is the end. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We just agree- disagreed on what type of pasta to have with a chicken cutlet. It's like, <laughs> it's so little, but it feels so big from the things. Yeah. And, and now as an adult and as I evolve as a person, the theme of the podcast is like, I need to think through and be cognizant of that, right? It's like, not everything is a light. The world is not going to end if I have a disagreement with Eddie. It's just, we're going to get to the end of it and we're going to we're going to move forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the best things about Jeff is something I never Jeff's my boyfriend that I've never experienced um, in a relationship before is that he's so solution oriented. When we get in a fight, he wants to resolve it. So similar to you, Mackenzie, he's like, no, 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 we need to figure this so out. So it doesn't happen again. So it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And so for me, maybe I'm more similar to Dan in this way where I'm like, sometimes I just need to process my emotions. Like I need to feel what to I'm, bed yeah, like I need to just step back. Yeah. I need to like feel what I'm feeling and decide like, what do I actually think about this? What do I really feel about it? And Jeff's like, we need a solution. But I do appreciate it from him because I've also been in relationships with people or I've seen relationships too where you get the cold shoulder, you get shut down, you don't get to talk through your feelings, you don't get to find the solution. You're just supposed to accept what happened and moved on and not in a healthy way, in a way that like you never... Accept the sorry and never talk about it again. Yeah, so I, I do think like as I've grown up like I've been in relationships or I've had com- like been in situationships with people where it was like nasty fighting and like at the end of it it was like who won the argument who won the fight and I feel like with Jeff it's not who won or, or who came out on top here it's how can we move forward from this how can if I'm upset or if he's upset how can we decide that we can make this better and we can grow from this and yeah. I, I think that on the topic of evolving relationships, that's something I've learned to appreciate because I don't think in the beginning of our relationship I was very solutions oriented. My initial thing was always like, I want to fight it out. And I think like that's something as I've grown up to learn like to to find the solution, whether it's tonight or tomorrow or two days from now, but but to be like more solutions oriented. I want to know from you, Emily. Well, and well, so I was just going to say like, continuing on what you were saying, like at the end of the day, like he loves you, you love him. Like, you both want to get to a solution. You both want to like. Is it a relationship we, like, ending yeah. argument? And, no. and that's, that's something I think I struggle with too. Is yeah. like like similar to what you were saying, Tina. Like sometimes I, it feels like it. I jump to this conclusion. Like like for example, my boyfriend just got decided to get a puppy, and I'm like, we're trying to buy a house in like a couple months, and I'm like, and he, he's like, Emily, guess what? Like I'm getting a puppy, and I'm like, 
okay, that's great, but like, did you think this through? And like, soon you're lived. You're going to live together, where that's also going to be your puppy too. Well, and, and and I'm. He probably he comes to me and he's like, she's gonna be pumped. Like I'm I'm obsessed with dogs. I like cry when I talk about my dogs because I love them so much. Like yeah. everybody who knows me knows this. Like he's probably like, wow, she's so excited. But like I'm like, this is like in in my mind when he tells me this, I'm like. So do you not want to get a house with me? Like that's where so my mind this, goes. So this this literally so goes back to my assume good intent, right? Like he came to you to tell you, "Oh my god, I got a puppy." He's like so happy, so excited for the two of you. Yes. And your brain is like, "Wow, he did this cuz he doesn't want to be with me. He doesn't <laughs> want to buy a house." And we all go there. And and it's and it's bad, but it's like I I feel like sometimes I need to work on that need like sometimes I'm like, "You got a puppy, but you didn't also say, "And I can't wait to buy a house with you like i need him to like, like that. but their but their brains do, I they don't do work that, that way do, their brains like, don't work the way that ours do i feel do. like i'm the jeff and sean's the lauren like i <laughs> like in the relationship like so, i don't know sometimes but wait, and, i have a question for you guys do you think there is kind of some some health or i don't know what i'm trying to say but there's like some value in sitting out a conversation or thinking about what you're feeling the way lauren does versus being like me who's like the world's ending we have to fix this right well, now 100 i think you're able to and anytime i'm forced to do it because again dan doesn't do that like he literally doesn't so i'm forced to kind of take the time um sometimes i spiral in that time like yep. you know we all do but like i well not lauren but i spiral i th- i am not saying i'm rational <laughs> i i spiral in my own space and in my own head so i i'm not trying to come off as the rational person here just sometimes in arguments i don't want to i'm not ready to find the solution because i don't know what the solution is so like when you say solution no, is, is so x valuable. y and z i don't know if that's it yet for me and trust me that's not every argument if jeff listens to this he's gonna be like you're so full of shit like <laughs> you know what i mean like no. but it is how I, I how i feel about the argument how i feel well, about the conversation on, and, and, on the show we did, we're popping <laughs> champagne over here people we love champagne. Um, no, and I think even if you're, if you just take the time, maybe you're not spiraling, but you're, if you like, like I, when, when Sean and I had this whole conversation, I literally took a couple work phone calls and during these phone calls, I'm like, why am I upset about this? Like, you I'm can't even so concentrate. It, it takes, but it takes like me getting a little distracted to be like, hold up. Like, is this really a bad thing? No, this is a great thing. Like I'm being like, sometimes you just need to put things in perspective and you and need to like other conversations. You need to sit there and be like, he didn't get a puppy to break up with me. This is not what's <laughs> yeah. happening. That's what I have to do. I literally sometimes have to lay it out so black and white and I think like it's because of what I went through as a kid and it's it's it's, it's, such a good way I want to say that I think like another thing and I don't mean to take us off topic I feel like this dives deeper into this current conversation something I've stopped doing as an adult is calling every single friend for advice on a fight yes I feel like I used to every time like someone did something wrong or even when I was single, every text I was about to send, I'd be like, is this good? Is this good? And I would, every fight I used to get in, and I remember like, even like initially in my relationship with Jeff, I would call you, I would call, pointing to Tina, I would call Sarah, like I would call everybody to see like, is this how I should be handling this situation? And as an adult, I've been like, this is my relationship and I need to figure out, like it's one thing to ask for advice, right? It's one thing to vent, but I feel like I've learned to handle things in my own space and how I want to handle them in my own relationship. So like not to take us off topic of wherever we were going, I just kind of feel like that's something I've learned in this space as I've grown up. That's, yeah. What do you want to say? No, I, I love even just taking it to this topic because I feel like 
when you are that person and you call everybody to vent about every little minor fight, it gives them permission. It gives them permission to have an opinion. And yes, sometimes you need opinions because you do genuinely just want to seek advice. But sometimes it gives them like now they have an opinion about your significant other because you just ranted all the annoying things that you're thinking in your head in the moment because because you're you're mad. You're in a fight. Or your solution is now what my best friend thinks I should do and what she would do in her own relationship and not what I need to do in my relationship. Like that was something even I've given advice to my own friends of things that weren't good you know like it's just as a single person what I would have done at that time and I look back to that advice and I'm like thank god they didn't well, take that advice you know that you're in a healthy relationship too like when you and Jeff have an argument or a fight like you want to get to a resolution between Lauren and Jeff you don't want to get to a resolution between Jeff and Lauren's three best friends yeah you know I mean? yeah and then to that it's like I, going back to Dan and just how who he is as a person he's just so dry so like just very chill 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 and so like I could tell call Lauren and tell you something that Dan said or did and you'd be like wait what who would say that because Why would Jeff do? is I, the I, polar like, opposite <laughs> yeah and you'd be like well that's so wrong and, but then at the end of the day like I know him you don't yeah so it's like you know what I, do you know yeah. what I mean like it's so hard and going back to what I said earlier you accept people for who they are and mm-hmm. when we get into relationships and we get into marriages and whatever we are dating our boyfriends we are married to our husband's you're not married to my boyfriend or husband, whatever. Like, I accept him for who he is. So back and the- off. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Eddie, your mom. No, I but that. I accept yeah. I accept Eddie for who he is, and I love him for that. But maybe that wouldn't work for a personality like a Lauren or a Mackenzie. And that is okay. That doesn't mean my relationship is bad. But I think yeah. as you grow up, and, like, I see it in my sister and, like, my younger cousins, they seek validation through other people in their relationships like oh is this normal and and maybe it's a learning thing right but at the end of the day like you're getting all these unwanted opinions and then and this could maybe segment us into another thing but like you then start to think about when you make the choice that you did am I letting my friend down I would always get there if like I would go to Lauren about advice for my relationship and then I would not take it I would then get all anxiety and be like, oh, am I letting Lauren down? I don't want to tell her now which side I'm I embarrassed. Took. I yeah. don't want to. And it's not like she was ever saying like, oh, my God, he's so horrible. But it's like, oh, my God, am I am I not seeing something? Am I letting her down? And then I have a whole other relationship I have to fix because I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm in a whole other relationship. Your decision the whole time. And in exactly. my head at the time, like I and, and even looking back, to, I like can remember these scenarios, yeah. like looking back to them, like. I didn't care if you what your decision was. I just wanted you to be happy. And so if whatever path you took was for you being happy, that's always what I wanted. And so looking back at those scenarios, like it's it's great. It's just kind of funny. Like that's what was going on in your head and in my head. Not to say that I, I didn't care, you know, like I don't care what your decision is. I don't care what direction you go. And I just want you to be happy. Totally. I love Eddie so much. So <laughs> I want them to be together. So always. Peace, love, happiness yeah. So that. like always and forever. Um, but <laughs> like in, in those moments, like it didn't matter to me what direction you ever went in it was just that like I wanted you to be happy so yeah. it's, it's just funny when you like you, you never know what's going on in the other person's head I would never even think of that being a situation yeah. it's crazy and then, and then you're in your head about having to fix a different relationship I'm like great now I, have to, I fixed well, my relationship you owe an explanation to somebody else who, <laughs> yeah who doesn't I, I don't deserve an explanation no. there like if you choose to stay to go to deal with this to deal with that like I don't deserve an explanation yeah. like I'm just 
I'm here, whatever happens, you know. And we talked about this the last time me and um, Emily were on the podcast about how I am going to reach out to my friends because I want a listening ear. I don't always want advice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, we were talking about this in the sense of like Mackenzie being a new mom and like reaching out to new moms. And it's like, you're reaching out to them to get advice. You're not reaching out to them as like, and maybe you are, but you're not listening. Like we are your listening ear. We're all best friends. We know each other. We're here to just have you vent to us and and I think as I've gotten older I've taken on that stance too like just because you're coming to me with a problem doesn't mean I need to offer you 9,000 solutions Mm -hmm. I just need to be like I hear you I hear what you're saying that's frustrating I could see why you're frustrated maybe try this like it's not even offering a solution but it's just like putting it into perspective a little bit and that's I think a difference as you grow up and like little children or kids or teenagers whatever like my sister's age as they go through relationships they're more looking for advice because they don't know yet now we're all stable in our relationships I'm not looking for advice I just want to vent and be annoyed and upset in my moment and that's it and I don't want your opinion and it's important to have friends that you can go to for that exactly we all all need it like no matter what like obviously you, you don't need to air every all of your dirty laundry to everybody but like it's, it's necessary. That's what so, you're friends for. <clears throat> okay, this voice of mine just doesn't work. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> well, sidetrack for just a second. All of us at this table went to Vegas from a bachelorette party. And did I, was I able to speak? No, we all went. Mackenzie was a mute lady. Mute. <laughs> I was mute one night with you. I, li- I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know who speak. Mackenzie was at her own bachelorette party. <laughs> no, I, I just couldn't speak. I, my voice is just raspy, as you all have listened but to this week. But it came back on the plane as we touched <laughs> down in Boston. All of a sudden, she gets full octave. It was. <laughs> She's it like, was, la, 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 <laughs> la. She wild. didn't want to talk to us. That's what it was. <laughs> I was in clubs, just <laughs> mouthing. It was just <laughs> insane. But, um, so that's what's going on. But anyway, so... I, I want to go back to the whole childhood thing because I think there's so much to unpack there. Um, you know, when we get, when we get, so Tina loves the word unpack. <laughs> um, so, you know, going back to your situation growing up, mm-hmm. you're the middle child. You have an older brother, younger sister, and then there's you. What you, so you believe in middle child syndrome. I want to talk about that. Absolutely. And I will never have three children or five children. I what? will always have two or four what? because I don't want a middle child. But let me tell you, I'm one of four. There's my older sister, me, Grace, and my brother, Jack. Grace is the middle child, even though technically we both are. She full-blown middle child syndrome. Yeah. Full sh- for sure. I mean, I'm also never going to have actually four kids ever come out of me. <laughs> I'll probably, you Eddie, I'll have two. I would love to have twins and be done, <laughs> Emily to be honest. is a twin. <laughs> I so I share middle child with my twin. Right. But I, but I think when you're sharing, and, and again, this is an assumption. I don't know this, but I think personally as a single middle child, <laughs> I was the middle child, at least as a middle child with a, another person. So th- like two and three, you have each other to be middle child. Yeah. But so you kind of have each other, whereas like, I feel like when I grew up, my dad was obsessed with my brother, right? He was the oldest boy. He played baseball. My dad was like a boy's boy. And then my sister was a little baby. So everyone loved her, right? And I'm not saying, yeah, like, (laughs) oh, the baby. Oh, she's so cute. Soccer, 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 right? right. Yeah. 
but, and then I <laughs> was just kind of like, I was just like really stuck in the middle, to be honest. Like, it's not, and I'm not, and I will say, and I'll put this on record, I am the favorite child today, 100%. And my, my parents will, will Somebody say contact that. Carol and ask if this <laughs> no, is true. No, she will say that. And so now as I've grown up, but I think it's because I grew up in a situation where my mindset was, this is the situation. You make the best out of any situation you're giving. And I didn't play. I wasn't a victim. I didn't care. My parents love me, right? But they love the other two more. And that was just the facts. Like, they would miss my softball game to go to my brother's. Both of them would go to my brother's baseball game. And I'd have to go home with the Bayless's up the road who would drop me <laughs> off. And I was just like, wait a second. Two parents at one game, me with the neighbor. Like, what's going on? And it's just, I I do fully believe in middle child syndrome. But let me ask you this. Like, you are a middle child, so if you were to have three kids one day, like, what? why don't you, you don't think you would, like, I would. effort to I would, because I know that. My mom wasn't life. a middle child. My dad wasn't a middle child. They were both the they babies. Same were my parents. Yeah, so they were parents. coddled, right? And so at, if I was if I was a parent and I had three kids, I would... Oh, my God. The middle child would literally be the king of the house. Queen, king, like, forget it. How do you twins feel? I think that me and my twin sister, I think, A, we're just similar because we're literally identical twins. But both of us But have... you don't look identical. Can I just put Thank that you. on record? Thank you. Well, well, that's controversial because a lot of people did think I that. think that's controversial. Really? Yeah. Controversial. There, I mean, there are like... times I look at pictures and I'm like, oh, my God, Emily, her hair is so dark. And I'll be like, oh. That's not Emily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I literally get really confused. You, you can tell. You confused with yourself? Um, sometimes. <laughs> you can tell the difference. It's like, you can definitely tell the difference definitely. between them. But we still but the same. Yeah, but they're identical twins. But they're not they're fraternal twins. Okay, I guess what I'm trying to say more so is I've never met twins that are identical that look so not identical. Like, I we could try, never. We tried it to not be look, look alike. I feel like if their hair color was the same, yeah. they may look more identical. And that's been a fight before. But like, their, oh fa- God, their face shapes are kind of different. Like, there, there's different. Yeah. You can tell differences yeah. in, in your faces and everything. Once you know them, though. But if yeah, you're looking but if from you the outside, know and sometimes I feel like I am, like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, they're identical. What, what she told us right now? She's Danielle. Like, this is, and they're play, pranking us this whole time. She's lying about her relationship with Sean and the puppy. Wait, so was Emily, was it easier having middle child syndrome with a partner? I I do think so. And and like, I also feel like her, well, I'm biased though. I I don't know. I I can't give like a legit opinion though, because I grew up like getting mad at my parents all the time because I was a twin, because I struggled with the twin thing. Like we hated a totally different thing to unpack. Here's here's $20 to one sibling. $20 $20 to the two of you, you can share no it, go shopping. No! Like, yeah, like, it was everything was shared. So would you shared, wear the shared, pants and she'd wear the shirt? So, <laughs> no, no, but it'd be like, but it, but it, but the annoying part would be like, Sorry. Emily, you're purple, holding all your pink. Like, we'd have to wear the same freaking outfit. So growing up when we were teenagers and we could pick our own clothes, we'd be like, absolutely, we will never wear the same clothes. I'm going to be punk rock Barbie today and yeah. you're going to be sporty <laughs> spice, okay? Yeah, so Did you find it? Thing, so it was kind yeah. of hard. That's a different dynamic that's not normal did you find it harder to be independent or easier to be independent because you wanted to be your own person so bad it was harder because we we wanted to be so bad like we wanted to be so different like and and we grew up in a smaller town so there was we graduated with like 130 kids 140 kids so of that there's like 30 people that are have similar interests as we do so we had the same friend group growing up we had a lot of the same classes in high school like 
we would walk past each other in the hallway and not say hi because we didn't want to draw attention to the fact that we were twins. <gasps> oh, and we wanted to I just to, saw that girl. We had a lot of twins <laughs> that we like went to high school with. We randomly had a, 140 people. There were six sets of twins. What? Not a lot of fraternal ones too. Like not all identical, but um, yeah. I've like, never bizarre. met a twin in my life. You're the first. No, I'm kidding. My, but, like, my other real. best friend is a twin from high school. Oh. Alex is a twin. Oh my God. I did not She's a twin know that. Brother. But um, but anyways, no, like we we never wanted to be perceived either as like the weirdo twins that like are hip attached at the hip, like because I mean, well, I feel like there's a lot of no, I feel like there's a lot of pressure that goes into being twins, and then also like being in high school with siblings. Like I remember being in high school with my brother, and there was so much pressure around. Are they close? Why aren't they close? Are they close enough? Are they too close? Like there was a lot of pressure around that in like a weird way, and it was never anything. Like, me and my brother were really not close in, in high school at all. Like, him and his friends would, like, shove. I was a freshman. They were seniors. They would shove me into my locker. Like, physically stuff me in there like a coat. And I was just, I was just like, okay. But, like, people would be like, well, why aren't you close? Yeah. And then there's all this added pressure. And I'm like, why aren't we close? And then I start spinning in my head. So I can only imagine and, being a twin. Like, And it was so hard because we, we obviously were so similar. Like, we're not polar opposites we're no. pretty similar but we tried so hard to be different so like I got into sports and she got she like got a, a job at a restaurant as soon as she was old enough and like worked all the time like every day after school so we like tried as hard as we could right to be different. do you feel Mackenzie it was easier to share your middle child syndrome with a partner I didn't share anything with anybody. I, I just, I was You so... had another middle child with you, though. <laughs> so it wasn't a twin, but it was another another middle. So you did it doesn't that. feel like that in any way, you, shape, or form. Do you believe in middle child syndrome at all? Um, I don't believe... I believe the, the definition part of it. Like, there is a... I don't think I would say middle child, because... I think somebody could fall and you could happen to be the older. You could happen to be the younger. I totally. believe in the baby thing. I do. And the firstborn, though. Think about, like, your connection with Jagger. And I'm not and, – and, like, again, it's – every parent is – Mackenzie's face. Yeah. I wish you all could see it. But, no, every parent well, – I also burped at the same time. Every, <laughs> this bubbly champagne is, like, doing – Everyone – like, again, my parents loved me just as much. But there was a different pressure put on me because I wasn't the oldest. So, like, Nick had all sorts of, like, you're the oldest. You set the example, blah, blah, blah. My sister was the baby. Oh, just, you oh, do no wrong. Oh, I was just them. kind of like, I didn't know what pressure set I fell into. I, I just didn't know. Wait, so I want to know, though, like, how do you guys define the middle child syndrome? Like, it's just, it's just they're neglected, basically, like, in comparison to the oldest. But how are you the favorite, then? Now, now, as an adult. Because oh. the middle child sometimes turns Because, because <laughs> I grew up a lot faster and a lot I just grew up a lot, and so did my siblings, but I think, again, my dad had my brother. He was, like, the athlete. He was the oldest. He was the first baby of the family, and my sister was the actual baby, right? So, like, they had everybody tending to them all the time, and, again, I'm not trying to act like I was, like, this neglected kid, but (laughs) I just was kind of on my own. I was kind of on my own a lot of the time. Like, I would go to softball practice by myself. They would drop me off and pick me up, whereas, like, with the other two, they did not do that. Yeah. because we have the baby oh it's our last time going to soccer practice let's stay and watch my brother it's our first time going to baseball practice let's stay and watch me it was kind of just like oh we've Wait, done this can before. i talk to you about that for a second because yeah. my mom made a point about that so my mom had four kids your mom had three yep and think about the ages that your brother and sister were and then you were when 
your parents had to go to those games, right? So, like, for my older sister, when I was in sports, and I was big, big, big in every sport, and so, like, my mom was at every, my, my, my mom was at every game. My dad worked a ton. But, like, my, when my sister, my older sister was in sports, now she's five years older than me, so, like, that's a big difference, right? Yeah. So my mom, when my sister, older sister was in sports, Jack was a baby. Right. Grace was not too much ahead. And then I was just starting out. Like, so my mom physically, like, couldn't. She had a lot of go- a lot going on at home. And, and also my older sister, she really only played, like, softball, which was a thing that was, like, outside. And where we went to school, there was no lights. And I played, like, a lot of basketball or soccer where there was lights. So, like, it would be later in the day. Right. And her thing would be, like, right after school. It's, like, babies and toddlers and like school-aged children need attention at that time like yep. does that make sense so yeah like, does- no and I think I think like it does make total sense right like when you're playing sports and the sport you're playing all are variable in that right and so like my brother at the time when I was a freshman in high school I played softball and I made varsity as a freshman, but I didn't play. I sat on the bench. Like, I didn't do anything. My brother was a senior on varsity. It was his senior year. So mm. now looking back at it, I can totally understand why my mom and dad would pick to go to his games versus mine. My sister was in middle school. She was just starting out with travel. and t- Like, at their games, like, quote, unquote, are, were more important. I was legitimately sitting on the bench. I would go in when we were, like, up 10, 12 runs, right? But you couldn't appreciate that at the time. No. And it definitely made me be like, oh, well, what the heck? Am I not, like, as important? Do you not care? Like, am I Especially not as good? Especially a big accomplishment. You yeah, were yeah. So you probably felt so good about yourself. And totally. Excited, like, and, yeah. And then not but to your point, whatever. it does make a difference, like, where we're at. And I think now as, as an adult, I appreciate that more and I understand it more because why would my parents ever not watch my actual brother catch and hit the ball and watch me <laughs> Sit on the bench. Park like, your ass. Yeah. You're a middle child, Lauren. <laughs> no. I'm oldest. oldest. Oh, Which why is why I have no... So that's why I have no opinion. <laughs> um, Wait, I always thought your brother was older. No, it's me. And then my brother's a year and a half younger than me. And then my sister is almost like five years younger than me. Yeah, okay. My sister's five years younger than me. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. So elaborate, Lauren. On, well, what part? Because I feel like I don't. Do you? What's your take as on an, this? Okay, so, so while you guys are all talking, I'm sitting here like thinking back. I'm like, do I have a memory where my parents weren't at my games? And I am like digging and digging, and I'm sure there's games that they didn't make it to. I don't have these standout memories like you guys are talking about. I don't. Well, because that I like, I have a memory where my my parents weren't there or like anything like that. Like I feel like. Even if my parents weren't there, then my grandparent was there. You know what I mean? Like, my grandpa used to come to my games a lot, too. So, mm, yeah. (laughs) Um, And I feel like, yeah, I feel like even if they weren't there, then he was there. The other thing is, too, is when me and my sister played softball, we were also at the same park. So, like, my parents could go from one field to the other, like, pretty easily. But so I'm thinking to my brother, because my brother is the middle, but he also is the only boy. And my brother is the only boy in the whole um family and so my dad's <laughs> so so my dad's the only boy in his whole family so he's the only one to carry on his last name in, in their family and now my brother is the only boy in our family to carry on our last name and so I feel like my brother always got while he had middle child syndrome I'm sure if he was sitting here with me he'd tell you all of his middle child <laughs> syndrome effects but I feel like because he was the only boy, he played hockey. He played lacrosse. Like, hockey to us was, like, the holy grail. Like, I will never forget my brother was in 
had to have been in elementary school or middle school. Never forget how much everyone bragged the time he scored. I think it was like seven goals or nine goals in a game, which is quite the accomplishment. But the kid was like in single digits. Like to this day, he lives that down on my dad's side of the family. Like he is, they call him the legend. He is the legend. And it's like, okay, he was was in legit, he was in legit peewee hockey scoring all those goals. The legend, the legend. Like the goalie probably wet his pants and was crying on the post. He probably had even bigger middle child syndrome. Yeah, yeah, that goalie definitely had middle child syndrome, and he did not get any attention when he got home. Um, but even less than normal. Goalie, where are you? If you're listening, yeah, please. Call his me. name, I think. Oh no, that was the goalie on his team, Timmy. Timmy, the goalie from the Middlesex Devils. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I feel like as an older child. I, I mean, I have, I have different opinions on being an older child. I don't. It's hard for me to have an opinion or even like try to look at what my it was like for my brother as a middle child. But I'll share my opinions you on were, being an you older child. You were too child. busy loving being the oldest. Probably. I hated being the oldest. Why? I, oh my I god! Do feel like it's it's a hit or a miss. So I felt like okay. So where and maybe I'm exposing myself too much here. But where I grew up, my dad was a police officer in that town, and. So I felt like my dad was really strict, but then my mom was also really strict. Like they both grew up in strict families. Like I wouldn't say like the strictest of people, but like I had curfews. I was never allowed like out too late. When I first got my license, like I had to follow all the rules. Like they were just strict when it came to like the rules, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, it was, I wasn't like a, I wasn't allowed to bend the rules. I found myself having to like lie a lot, especially when I got to high school, like always saying I was somewhere else and where I really was. Stricter parents mean um, more sneaky kids. Yeah. Like I was a, I was a sneaky little Link. Yeah, sneaky. Link. I wasn't a sneaky link. I was, <laughs> and I was not. I was talking to you the other day, did not know what a sneaky link me, was. Me, you oh, said it to me. It was you. Yeah. You know but what a sneaky link Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, ne- uh, just to piggyback off of that, like, I never was sneaky, but I had such an open relationship, maybe because no one cared because I was a middle <laughs> child. <laughs> like, we don't care when you come home. But I had no sneak. <laughs> I had no curfew. Nobody cared. And so by default, I was just like, I'll give myself a curfew. I'll give myself <laughs> rules. You're so like, when your friends are like, no, I have curfew. I have to leave at 1 p.m. Or, or like 2 a.m. They're like, you have a 2 a.m. curfew. Yeah, yeah. That was not me. I will never forget. And I hope if my parents ever listen to this, I hold it to them to this day. My junior prom, I was not allowed to sleep over my friend's house. All my friends I were sleeping the there and camping out. And I was not allowed to. And then years later, my sister gets to do whatever she wants, sleeping wherever she wants. I feel like the after prom party was whoever, wherever. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. no, no. But I will never forget. I was like, what are you, like 17 as a junior? I'm exposing my sister. She's 18. <laughs> we go to a wedding. My sister gets so drunk oh, at this wedding. Story. Barfs all over the wedding table. And it's like this whole joke in our family. And I'm like, you people would not even let me sl- have a sleepover at my junior prom. My sister is so drunk at a wedding. She's puking all over the table and we're joking about it. I'm like, what happened in these five years? So She's the legend in that family. And yeah, she's the baby. <laughs> the other legend. Exactly. Yeah. I'm telling you. So anyway. So you were being, middle child, oldest child syndrome. Probably. But no, being the oldest, I felt like I had the strictest rules. I had to pave the way for so much. Like, I felt like I had to set such an example. And it was like all this pressure of like... Did you? Set an example? Yeah. 
Um, I set an example of probably what not to do at times. Like, I remember, I actually will remember that the times I came home and, like, the things I got in trouble for, my brother and sister will tell me now, like, um, Emily's popping Emily, champagne. Pop it. Just pop it. I can hear whispering. These are really good mics. These are freaking Pop it. Yetis. Pop it. It's not going to explode. Just yank it off. Ah! Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry to everyone's ears that Mackenzie just screamed in. I know. That was worse than the pop What? But Pivot. so... But anyways, I'll, I'll wrap up here with the older child syndrome. But I will say my I, I definitely had the older child whatever syndrome. I don't even know if that's a thing. But I was the older child who had to pave the way. Don't try who to take to, it away from no, us middle children. I had, no, to, no, had no, to follow no, all the I rules. I feel like a I, middle I, child. Yeah, like there was pressure. I had to follow all the rules. Even growing up? No, never. Like I never – I literally – Maybe because you were the like favorite from the start. I was. I mean, no, I, I can say that. My brother not. says the same thing. Wait, like, I want to say one more thing. I do think Tina ended up being the favorite as an adult because I think you were also in, in no shade to your brother. <laughs> you moved out immediately. You went oh, on with yeah. your adult life very, very but quickly. Even though you did that, I feel like you just have, like – put an effort to like have a very good relationship with you. But I think as gr- as growing up she wasn't the person who was I wasn't living being. at home with right. mom, you know, right. like she I feel like when you leave the house, I feel like my relationship with my mom, we were enemies until we were friends when I went away to college. Wait, and then we're going to stop here because we we ran out of time, but we're going to do a part 2 and we're going to pick back up right here. So let's all No, that's it's perfect. We're not going to pivot because I want to save that for next next episode so we're gonna stop here and we're gonna have a part two of this because there's so much more to unpack tina (laughs) i hope you guys are enjoying this the way we just unpack it all i hope you guys are liking it (laughs) thank you guys so much we're gonna be back for a part two like i said so stay tuned well that's it for today's show guys thank you so much for joining us make sure you go to your apple podcast app which is the purple podcast app on your iphones give us a five-star rating you can also do the same on spotify and Google Podcasts. Make sure you head to Instagram and follow us at the 20-something mom. Love you guys so much. Thanks so much for joining. We'll see you next week. Bye.